One of the things we believe fundamentally as Catholics is that Jesus is present in the church. It is undeniable that Jesus is truly present in his church. And if you look at the scripture or look at the church's documents, we constantly reinforce this fact. In our scripture this morning, Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. And when Jesus was giving the mandate to the apostles to go to the ends of the earth and proclaim the gospel and baptize people, he says, I am with you till the end of time. And so we believe that Jesus is present. As a matter of fact, in the Second Vatican Council, there is a document titled Sacrosanctum Concilium, where the church reemphasizes the fact that Jesus is present in the minister. And so each time the priest carries out a sacramental function, Jesus is present in the priest. Jesus is present in the Eucharist really and truly present in the Eucharist. Jesus is present in the Word of God. Each time we proclaim and preach on the Word, Jesus is present in the Word. And finally, Jesus is present in the community, in all of us gathered together this morning in the presence of Christ. Jesus is present even in our gathering. And that's what we fundamentally believe. Now, because of that presence of Jesus, we believe that the church is divine. The church of Christ is divine. However, this is where the rubber meets the road. The church is not only divine, but it is human. And the human of the church is sometimes the issue. Because we know the human, human beings are breakable, they are vulnerable, they are unpredictable. Otherwise, tell me, how do you see a couple who just got married and it's all beautiful and they are all in love? And then five years later, they can't stand each other. What has happened? Was it that they never loved? Of course they did. But it's because the human heart that is capable of love, that same heart is capable of great hate. The human heart can switch from love to hate just like that. That is the human nature. That is me. That is all of us. And so the human beings in the church, sometimes the face of Christ that we all reflect may not always be beautiful. Because of that humanity, because of that vulnerability. And so the scripture this morning recognizes that there are bound to be conflicts. The humans in the church are sometimes going to have tensions. And these conflicts can come in various ways. For instance, it can come from what some scholars we call incompatible goals. The bishops in Africa may have a different vision for the Catholic Church. 
and they may be pushing and pushing to have their vision realized for the universal church. The bishops in Germany may have a completely different idea of the, where the church should be going. And the church in America, with all the money they have, feel they need a voice and should determine how the church goes. And Pope Francis now is sitting there on the steering, trying to figure out how to navigate all of these incompatible visions. And some people were like, Saint Francis, Pope Francis, horrible Pope, terrible Pope. We don't know where he's taking the church to. This church has become something else. It's normal. So long as we have human beings who have our vulnerabilities and our ambitions and our visions, sometimes these visions are incompatible. And you may have conflicts even in the universal church. Sometimes the conflict may be scarce resources. We can only have one pope. We can only have one bishop. We can only have one pastor. And so there will be some tensions of power and control. And so you may have the pope and cardinals bumping heads, bishops and priests bumping heads, pastor and parishioners bumping heads, and even church leaders in church associations and church groups have bumping heads. It's normal. It's natural. Because we are human. But the question is, what kind of conflict do we have as the body of Christ? Is it constructive conflict or destructive conflict? What kind of conflict do you have in your marriage with your siblings, with your children, with your grandchildren? Is it constructive conflict or a destructive conflict? Fortunately, this morning, the gospel offers us a roadmap to a constructive conflict. The scripture this morning offers us a roadmap to ways we can heal broken relationships. And Jesus suggests three things. Number one, I will call that dyadic dialogue. Dyad in the sense of two people, one-on-one, -on -one, mono a mono. And so Jesus says the very first step to healing a broken relationship is dyadic dialogue, dyadic conversation. Go to your brother, go to your sister, and talk it over with him or her. And you know what? There are a lot of benefits doing that. Because you're going to recognize that a lot of conflict sometimes is not about substance. It's about process. Somebody feels insulted. Somebody feels voiceless and invisible. As a matter of fact, the Zulus have a greeting. They say, Sambona. When they meet each other in the morning, they say, Sambona, I see you. And the other says, I see you. Sometimes conflict comes as a lack of recognition. When somebody is treated like he or she has no voice, has no agency, has no opinion, and when I say that, you just shut up and do what I say. I'm the head of this family. Are you kidding me? And so sometimes just the dialogue, making the other feel like, I hear you. Can we talk? You may discover that a lot of conflicts, you are 50% soft. When each person feels that at least I am heard, 
And so Jesus is not just spiritually correct, but he's strategically accurate. When he says, look, the very first thing we got to do when we want to heal any broken relationship is to begin with dyadic dialogue. Talk. Talk. Now, truth be told is that we are human beings, and sometimes we all have ego, we have pride, we have hubris, and so that first step may not work. Even when you have tried it with your sibling or with your brother or with your loved one, and you've tried to talk, and the talk is not going anywhere. Jesus says, don't give up. Go to the next one, and let's call that one small group intervention. And that's the beauty of the small group intervention. You know, it's like when you're driving, we all have blind spots. A car may come somewhere and you don't notice it has gotten into your blind spots. Same too with conflicts. That when people are locked in conflict, sometimes they, they don't realize they're blind spots. And so when you have a small group who are truth lovers, who are peace lovers, who are objective, and you ask them to intervene, chances are high they will help both parties to discover their blind spots. And that may help heal the broken relationships and resolve the conflict. Finally, Jesus said, if that does not work, then go to the last stage, which let's call it this morning, appeal to divine unity. Come to think of it. Look at that. That is one cup. And very soon, we're going to bring the, the bread one bread, one cup, and we are all going to consecrate it, the priest will break it, and each and every one of us will come up and receive from that one body and that one cup. That is the divine unity. And so the gospel says when it comes to that final point, go to the ecclesia, come to the Eucharist, where all of us, regardless of our differences, we come to share in the same bread and in the same cup. And if that brother or that sister does not feel like this final appeal is going to solve the problem, the gospel says, all right, it's time to step away. At that point, it's okay to step away. But when you step away, you are not stepping away in anger. You're not stepping away in revenge. You step away in love, in patience, and in prayer. So what is the final point I'm trying to make? It's just really one thing I'm trying to make. Just one point. Don't give up on your relationships. Do not give up on your marriage. Do not give up on that son or that daughter that has hurt you so deeply, so deeply. Do not give up on that brother, on that sister who has so hurt you. And I know how that can feel. Let's be factual, let's be truthful. It does hurt. But Jesus says, you will be the peace lover. And so I, I pray this morning that regardless of all the differences we find, even with those we love, those we live with, those we walk with, in the church, in the parish, anywhere, anywhere it does exist, let us this morning rededicate ourselves and make the decision to continue to be channels of peace. 
so that where there is hatred, you will be the one to bring love. Where there is injury, take the high road and, bring, and you be the one to bring pardon. And when there is doubt, you be the one to bring faith. And that's our calling. That's our invitation.